I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to this edition of Morgan the Asked For Podcast, kind of a, a special edition, um, kind of a little bit different. Um, Trevor is at his uh, yearly sales meeting, and so he is unable to uh, get with us this week. And so we are welcoming back to the, the podcast, Zach Tremel. He's been on a few times, um, just a real knowledgeable sports guy, and, and he'll give us his takes. And, and uh, so today, but you know, our takes and discussions might go just a little bit different, but that's okay. And that's what it's going to be about uh, today. Uh, first, uh, thanks for uh, joining me today, uh, Zach. And obviously, uh, the number one uh, story this week and just this time of year is the NFL playoffs. Overall, what do you think um, of the playoffs? And then we'll discuss uh, more of the players and the, and the games here. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably have. The four best teams are still still alive. Would be, I mean, you know, I thought Dallas had maybe a shot against Sam Fran. You know, they needed Dak to play good, and he did not play good, and that was kind of the difference in that game. But I think you got the four best teams left, and uh, like you said, you look at the odds, it's kind of a crapshoot on who even the favorite is to win it right now. So I think we're in in store for uh, two really good conference championship games. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. I think the top four, and then, you know, I think you do put Buffalo in that mix, and then Dallas just maybe a half a step behind them. So, you know, and, and those were the two best games. Uh, so – um, now let's just kind of do recap of the game real quick. Uh, let's go with the Philly game first, really just domination from start to finish. Uh, they're the better team. Giants probably went as far as they could have with their roster. Um, and they're definitely ahead of schedule with their new coach in the first year. And, you know, we kind of talked about this, maybe the secret sauce to Buffalo was Brian Dable. And now that he's at the Giants, he's got the special sauce there with the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably the front runner for the coach of the year. And uh, they uh, they went, pro like you said, even making the playoffs, I thought was really good for the Giants. And, uh, you know, they got a win. And uh, they just ran into Philly, who's really good. And going into Philly uh, this time of year, it's tough to get a win in there. So a heck of a season by the Giants. And they got a lot to look forward to as well. Yeah, they just got to decide what they want to do with uh, their roster because it does need to get improved. And who they keep, who they go, they got, you know, Obviously, Saquon's going to be a big uh, decision money-wise and, and moving forward for them. All right, now let's go to Cincinnati. Uh, I'm just going to say road dogs. They don't care where they play. They don't care when they play. They don't care the weather. They go on the road, and they win, and they expect to win, and Joe Burrow is just straight up, might be playing the best uh, the best in, in the world right now, better than Mahomes right now. Yeah, I saw, you know, on Facebook, I don't know, FanDuel or something was asking who the most clutch athlete in the world is right now. And I first person that came to, to my mind was Joe Burrow. He's just very, you know, Joe cool. And uh, he doesn't care where he goes. He's going in expecting to win. And uh, that team plays with a lot of confidence. And like you said, that Bills team's really good. You know, they had some injuries late in the year, but they still have Josh Allen. And they, you know, they really dominated that game right from the start. And, uh, 
the Chiefs have their hands full. You know, if there's one guy that can uh, match Burrow, it is Patrick Mahomes. So that game should be pretty epic that we'll talk about later. Yeah, just, you know, um, you know, Josh Allen wasn't the same. And you never you never know how the team actually and they weren't playing great before that, but that DeMar Hamlin situation, you just never know how teams and people are gonna react to that. And I wonder if that has something to do with them just not playing as well late in the year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they were they were down in that Bengals game. Obviously it was early, but the Bengals were about to go score again. Um you know, losing Von Miller really killed them on the line. Yeah. And, uh, I thought they were playing their best football earlier in the year. You know, they went into Kansas City, beat them. They looked like the Super Bowl favorites at that time. And then, like you said, they just were not playing their best football at this time. And that's what you need to do to to win championships. You got to have your team, you know, peak at the right time. And I felt like they kind of peaked a little early in this year. And some of that is injuries. Yeah. And then, you know, Trevor and I kind of talked about this on previous episodes. The Bengals are kind of like the the Buccaneers a few years ago when they won it all, they just, they weren't great to start. They had some injuries, but then they just kept getting better and better and better and playing the best that they can. And that right now, and that's how you win the Super Bowl. And so they might have a great chance here. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the AFC is a slight, going to be a slight favorite if they get to the Super Bowl, but going into Kansas city, beating Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, it's a tall, tall task, but if anybody can do it and has done it, it's it's the Bengals, and uh, I'm excited for that game. Absolutely. Now let's go to Kansas City. Um, they win. Hang on. Patrick Mahomes hurt again in the playoffs. That seems to be kind of a regular occurrence here. Um, hurt his ankle. He's going to be fine. They're going to give him a shot. He's not going to feel anything during the game. And then, you know, obviously if they can win this game, then he's got two weeks. So I really don't think it's going to be that big a deal. It's an ankle sprain. Everybody lives with it. Everybody's hurt right now in the NFL. There's nobody that feels great. I mean, that's the other thing. So, um, you know, and then, you know, kind of a backdoor cover there for the Jaguars to make it a little bit closer. But the game wasn't super in doubt. And then, you know, just like we talk about, we're going to talk about Brock Purdy stepping up. Chad, Chad Henney, backup quarterback, takes him on the 98-yard touchdown drive to essentially, you know, you know, solidify their 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 win there. And you know, when your name is called, you have to be ready to go. And especially as a professional, when you're still getting paid, step up and do your job. And it's yeah, amazing. I mean, it, yeah, it's amazing the people that that aren't successful doing that, but the ones that can. And that's why those guys can stick in the you know in the NFL or NBA or baseball for 10, 15 years. Yeah. And, you know, he might be a top 30, 32 quarterback in the league regardless, um, but he's playing behind Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, you never know when you're going to, you're, you know, he's probably never going to play, but you've got to be ready. And he was ready. And that's, that's all they need out of a backup. Uh, you know, on the Jag side, they're, they're a lot like the giants. I think their future is really bright. I mean, they got, top five quarterback, maybe uh, one of the best to do it at every level. Um, they got a lot of young pieces. They got Calvin Ridley coming back next year because they traded for him. If he's anything like he was. I mean, he was a top five receiver before he has a little gambling thing. Um, they're a team to look out for in the AFC young and uh, lots of talent. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, kind of the, the, the weird take here is, you know, with the bills losing the game is in Kansas city five straight AFC championship games in Kansas city. Um, Andy Reed, 
he went to like I think four straight with Philadelphia in the mid to late you know two thousands there, and you know now five straight. He's two and two, you know one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl lost, but you know um, Patrick Mahomes has never had a road playoff game, and he's never been an underdog in a playoff game. Those are two incredible stats. I think he's an underdog right now. Right, right. Going in, going into, yeah. But yeah, and I mean, a lot of Patrick Mahomes is, is the, you know, I would say the best quarterback in the world right now, him or Joe Burrow, but Andy Reid's done it everywhere. And if there's anybody that wants to, you know, you want to throw up there with Belichick in the NFL, it's going to be Andy Reid. I mean, he's a, he's a very good coach and uh, it's going to take a lot for them to come in and beat Casey again, but um, we'll see, you know, Andy Reid will be ready. And if Pat, like you said, I don't think the ink will be a problem. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will, uh, He'll be at his best, and uh, it should be a heck of a game. Absolutely. And then then the fourth game, Sunday night, um, 19 to 12, uh, Brock Purdy and the 49ers just do enough. You know, they don't have to be flashy, and, and he doesn't have to be flashy. He just has to not make mistakes. He had no tu- no turnovers, and Dak Prescott had two big interceptions, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah, I thought Dallas's defense played well enough to win the game. I mean, they're they're a solid defensive unit. They needed Dak to play like a top ten quarterback, and he didn't. I mean, you know, he did against Tom Brady, and they, you know, they took care of them easily. Um, obviously, Sam Fran's a different monster, but I thought Dallas had a really good shot in that game, and uh, Dak did not show up. I mean, there's that's just is what it is. Thought the defense was there all night, and uh, you can't make mistakes against Sam Fran because they're going to capitalize, and they did, and. You know, unfortunately for Dallas, it's uh, another disappointing season that we're going on about three decades of with them. So um, I'm sure they'll roll with Dak and make some more changes and they'll be solid again next year. But they Dak's got to figure something out. He's got to he's got to get better if that team wants to go to the next level. Yeah, you just can't turn it over in the playoffs. And and he had the most turnovers in the league this year for the amount of games he played. Um, and then, you know, uh, Micah Parsons made Brock Purdy's life, you know, horrible in that first half he was running all over Micah Parsons is probably the best defensive player in football right now I think and he uh I don't know if you saw this but he put out a tweet or something that he wants to go to the Penn State uh Iowa wrestling match and then Spencer Lee said if you want to sit in the Iowa section uh he's got a spot but then he wrote back he's not because obviously he's a Penn State guy that was this kind of funny I saw that too and I agree Micah Parsons is an absolute machine and uh uh, I don't know if he'll win defensive player of the year. It might be Bosa, but yeah. uh, he, I think he's the best defensive player in the league right now. Yeah. I, I actually just read this a little bit ago and, and I'd have to go back and look for sure. But the first out of the and all pro team and on offense, there's like, I think there's one four-star player and it's Tyreek Hill. Everybody else is a three-star, two-star, one-star, or like Jason Kelsey uh, was a zero star. Now on defense, they're all five stars four stars and I think one three star so it just goes to show you that offensive players you know you never know how they're going to turn out but defensive players they know if they're good or not yeah they just have that you know they're they are elite athletes and uh, they can move all over and uh, they're the real deal and offensively you know they look at Tom Brady he was nothing yeah. in coming out of college and he's probably the best player in the NFL history so uh yeah that's kind of a cool stat but uh like you said, Michael Parsons is very, very good, and uh, he will definitely uh, be a big asset for Dallas for years to come. Yeah, and and people forget about him at Penn State because he sat out that COVID year. He just didn't play. Uh, one, maybe it was a health thing, and two, he just knew he didn't have to play, you know. 
And and I think that might start happening a little bit more than people think where, you know, those three years out of, out of high school, you know, especially that third year, if, if you've already put two really good years up there, just, Hey, I don't have to play. Um, so just something to watch going Mark forward. Chase do that too. I, I can't remember, but I know Micah Parsons did, and it was the COVID Mark year. Chase sat out too a whole year because he knew he was getting drafted. So, yeah, I mean they can they need to look at something there too though because I think just think it's dumb, but um, it is yeah. what it is right now. Absolutely. Um, and then you know just a couple uh, NFL storylines um, for your Hawkeyes here. Maybe some news will come out of this, but Bill O'Brien did get hired at the off as the offensive coordinator with the Patriots. That's been the biggest rumor that if that happens, that he will hire uh, Brian Ferentz as tight ends coach or, or offensive line coach and then able to get him out as the Iowa offensive coordinator without firing him. So what do you think on that, and do you think that does happen? I don't know. I mean <laughs> I, I, I agree. I have no way. idea. I think that's the only way. I don't see Ferentz get. I don't see Brian Ferentz getting fired. That's just my no, – no. if – if he gets that, I mean, if he would get a job like that, he might go. But my expectations, Brian Ferentz will be our offensive coordinator next year. And uh, if he gets a job in the NFL, great. But, you know, we've talked about this before. It's not like you can bring in anybody you want, but Kirk Ferentz is still going to have his hand on the offense. And you're not going to – we're not coming out five wide, slinging it all over, going out of the shotgun every time. It's just – it's his philosophy, and he's been very successful doing it. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you know – this year was awful, eight wins. Last year was awful, 10 wins. I mean, we talk about this. Iowa State's never had 10 wins in their history. So, I mean, I'd love to have that those records. So Yeah, I mean, it, it might be nice to see the offense grow, but who, who knows what would happen if that happened. All of a sudden, the defense would probably lay an egg. But um, we'll see. I don't know. If he goes to New England, great. Uh, then we'll see what we can get for an offensive coordinator, at least add some excitement and – you know, calm some of the fans down. But like I said, I expect Brian Ferentz to be the offensive coordinator next year, and I think the offense will be better. But is it going to be a top 25 offense? I just don't see that, no. No, I, I just think it needs to, you know, be a top 90 offense, and that would be yeah. great. And if we can get to top 60, then we're talking, you know, 11, 11 wins and a chance at the Big Ten Championship. So yep. and, um, and, that's what we need to get. And that time frame is closing in a hurry. So take advantage of it while you can. Mm-hmm. All right, and then next, uh, Purdy, um, kind of stat here, only QB from Iowa State to start a championship game um, and only a handful of rookies. I mean, there actually is a few more rookies than you thought, Roethlisberger, Flacco, Sanchez, and they're all relatively recent, you know, Sean last twenty. Sean King, but they were all first-round draft picks. And Sean King was a second round. Now, obviously, a lot of circumstances had to happen to have Purdy as a starting quarterback, but it is neat that he's the first – Iowa Iowa State guy to start championship game. Obviously not the first Iowan and obviously not the first Iowa college quarterback because obviously Kurt Warner at UNI uh, did as well. Started, you know, obviously championship, multiple championship games and multiple Super Bowls. But uh, just kind of a neat stat there. And then if somehow where the 49ers and the, you know, the Bengals win, it would be a guy that was born in Ames versus the guy that was that played in Ames. So that uh, guy Ames might be a little bit of uh, a story there. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, and that could easily happen. I mean, they're both <laughs> playing well, and I think Purdy's got the best supporting cast of anybody, and 
he keeps doing his job, I mean, they're going to be a tough out. Um, is he going to – do you think he'll win offensive rookie of the year? I don't know. I mean, if he would have started all year and been – I mean, obviously he wouldn't be undefeated still, but if he would have played a few more games, maybe. I just don't know if he will, but he, he is a finalist. He's in the top three. And There's not a lot of great ones. I mean, the no. running back from Seattle didn't start either. And then right, it's it's him, um, Brock Purdy, and then um, is it Gardner, the receiver from the Jets? I think those are the three. And uh, actually, Brees Hall would have been in this conversation too if he wouldn't have got hurt. He was leading the league in rushing when he was running. Still, yeah, I don't know. I think Purdy's got a shot. I mean, just because the other guys weren't. I mean, they are good, but – and then what he's done, I mean, hasn't lost. I mean, that's a pretty elusive stat. So, I don't know. It would be kind of cool to see if he can win it just by playing – how many games has he played? So, is is that a regular season award or is that the playoffs? I think he was six. I would assume regular season. I think he was 6-0 and oh as a starter and essentially 7 because he, he played pretty early in that Miami game, but he didn't start it. And I don't know when they vote. I mean, if they vote later, it's just going to be biased if they see his playoffs. But I right. would, if they voted as soon as the regular season was over, that might not help his chances. But right. who knows? He's definitely up there. He's had a solid year. Sam right. Brand's got some decisions to make next year, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and, and each week, you know, that he doesn't, you know, I don't think it matters as much if they win or lose, but as long as he isn't, doesn't go out there and throw three picks, it makes it harder and harder. And if he would go do that, then they might, it might make it easier for them, but uh, um, I don't know. They're, they've got decisions to make with a lot of money on the line. So Yeah, I think – I mean, if it's me, I'd roll with him, trade Trey Lance, get a first-round draft pick, and Garoppolo, they're probably just not going to be able to re-sign. But right, and I, I agree with that. that backup, you know, a veteran backup to uh, – backup Purdy that's probably a really good backup just in case you and know, you just, he does struggle. And you just look at, at the quarterback position – and I was just reading that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is up for re-upping his deal because he's going to get paid $60 million next year. Look at the quarterbacks that are left. The only one that's not on their rookie deal is Mahomes. All The other three are still all on their rookie deals. And I just think that's so important because you can have the roster. If you got to pay a quarterback $40 million, you just can't have the roster around him. And Burroughs. About to get paid yeah. huge. Probably yeah. be the highest paid quarterback in the league. I think Herbert's about to get paid. Yep. You know, those two are going to, you know, 50, 60 mil a year probably. It's going to be insane what they're going to get. Right. And and I'm not saying they're worth it, but it just, you know, it's just hard to build a team because of the hard salary cap in the NFL. It's just so different than the other sports. It makes it fun, though, because if you're a fan, your team can get good fast. So that's, well, And we've talked about this. I, I hope the Bears can figure it out and do that because they're awful right now, but they've got every opportunity to get good in a hurry if they do things right. Yeah, we've talked about it. The Bears are in prime position. I mean, if Fields can be a top-10 quarterback, I mean, he might do it a different way, but if he can, you guys have everything you need, draft picks, money. There's really no excuses for the Bears here in the night. And I think that division is on the decline. I mean, the Packers have kind of dominated it. They're down a little bit. The Vikings had a good year, but they won every close game imaginable. Right. They're definitely beatable. I mean, Detroit is they better. Look, than they they look better, but they're still not good. I mean, the Bears have a shot here in the next, you know, three to five years to to be a top contender in the NFC. All right. Now we're going to just go, and, and Trevor's going to send me his picks, and I, I will try to – he hasn't yet um, – and I'll try to put those out on Twitter, but 
just going into the to this week, uh, Trevor seven three in the playoffs. He was two and two last week. I was three and one last week and six and four overall. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs and 49ers uh, for my games uh, picks. And what? How about you, Zach? What do you think? Are we going straight up here or with the straight spread? up? Yep, just win. Yep, just to win, just like we do in Whitford School. So. I am uh, taking the Chiefs too. I don't see Mahomes losing at home twice to Burrow, but it wouldn't shock me. And then I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, you know, the Eagles have been right there as the best team in the league all year. Uh, their offense is insane. Um, one of the hardest places to play. And uh, so I'm going to pick the Eagles. Yeah. And I'm a little biased there with the 49ers. I want to see them win. But yeah, the Eagles looked really good. I was a little worried about Hurts uh, being healthy and you just a little rust, but there was no rust there. He looked really good on on Saturday there. Yeah, they're solid. Their defense what set the sack record or something. I mean, they yeah. are uh they're 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 gonna be a tough out, that's for sure. Yeah, kind of fun fact there. He that their head coach is a, a Mount Union guy with uh Matt Campbell as well, played there with him. So I mean that that coaching staff, you can say what you want about Tom Manning, he was there. Um Alex Grinch, the USC debat or defensive coordinator who gets all kinds of gruff, but he's still the USC coordinator, uh was there. I mean that that was one heck of a um, coaching staff slash playing, you know, which is why they win, you know, about every national title there. Oh yeah. So, all right. Um, I think that's uh, probably good for the NFL. And, you know, obviously Zach, uh, for those of you that don't know, Zach is a basketball guy's basketball coach, been a coach several places, boys and girls and uh, kind of basketball is his number one thing. Um, exciting, exciting time for the Cyclones right now. Another huge win against number five, Kansas state last night in Hilton Coliseum, eight o'clock tip filled to the rafters loud and just a, a gutsy great win. Not good enough to, to cover the spread and win us money, but uh, a win is a win and that's all they care about. Yeah. I mean, that when Iowa state's good, that place is tough to go in and win. And, uh, and that you know, loss at Oklahoma State is just going to come back and bite them right in the ass. Yeah, to win to win the conference, I think. Iowa State, you know they they find a way to win. I mean, their defense just keeps them in every game, and they they hit big shot after big shot, and uh, you know they're going to be right there. I think their offense has got to get a little bit better to to make a deep run. Just relying on winning close games to just keep doing it is so hard. Um, you know, you saw the Vikings do it; they win all the close ones, get in the playoffs, and lose one but you know Iowa State's an elite defensive team and uh, they can beat anybody that conference is by far the best in the nation so um, they're having a heck of a year and heck they might get a home game if they can uh, you know get into Des Moines and uh, play two home games would be huge yeah I think if they're a top four seed which right now I think they're a two seed by most projections especially after last night's win um, yeah I mean essentially like you know Kansas Kansas State Iowa State um you know, and then there's, I don't know who there's no, there maybe Purdue. I don't know where the other regionals are. Purdue isn't super far away. Um, you know, kind of those teams are battling for those, those spots. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be a battle. I love March madness, so I'm excited for it. And if you can get a, you know, a home team in there, that'll just, that'll make it even more electric and probably drive the ticket prices through the roof. But, uh, yeah, last I saw for the whole session was 288 bucks, which actually isn't that bad. I think it's like I think it's six games. So that's really not that bad. Right. I mean, just being teachers, it's probably hard to catch those Thursday, Friday games unless you're on spring break or something. I think it is during our spring break. So I'm not hundred percent sure, but that'd be awesome. I'd 
I went I went the year Kentucky and Indiana played. I don't remember when it was, but they played each other there with was it Yogi Ferrell or whatever Indiana's yep. little guard beat yep. him. But, um, yeah, it was fun, and that was without any you know really home team that was even close. So it, it'd be fun to go. That's for sure. Absolutely. And then, you know, obviously Iowa State's playing really well right now. And and Jazz Coons were one of their starters throughout the first all last year and throughout the first this year, coming off a broken hand. We'll be coming back soon. And then Caleb Grill, a little bit of a back injury. Um, just a, a, a question for you as a coach here. Would you sit Caleb Grill this Saturday if he's not 100% playing at Missouri? It's a non conference game. Or do you think, you know, if he's ready to go and he's able to go, do you play him? Uh, because you are right now playing for more than a conference, you know, like we we're just talking about, you're playing for a top four seed. Um, that'd be a good quad one win on the road against a, a relatively good SEC team. Or you just roll with them as as long as he can go. Yeah, that, I mean that's going to be a tough game. I mean, Missouri's pretty good. I I mean, obviously you got to talk with the athlete, but I my, I would play him. I mean, you got to yeah. keep rolling with them um, unless it's something where you're going to make the injury worse. But right. Um, I think if he can just battle through the pain, you just keep playing and uh, um, you got all the momentum in the world right now. And uh, that'll be an interesting spread. I'd almost say Missouri might be favored by one or two, but I, I not right now. They've lost a couple here recently. And then obviously with Iowa state's uh, win last night, I'd probably not, but it, it's going to be Maybe somebody than... on Monday night or was that last night? They crunched somebody on the road, Mississippi or Mississippi yeah. state. I think they beat Arkansas, and that was kind of their big win about a week and a half ago. Well, yeah, I don't know. I know Missouri was didn't no. start off really good. Like, yeah, um, they they were ranked like fifteenth or something. And then they've lost a few, and they're not ranked right now. But yeah, it, it's uh, it'll be a quad one win, um, and that's that's big time. You know, when you start getting into that NCAA tournament, so you know, obviously it doesn't affect the conference standings, but it is a big game for uh, NCAA tournament seating. Yeah, and I like how they're doing that. I mean, the Big Ten does that with the ACC, but they do it so early in the year. It's kind of cool when they're doing it this late in the year. Kind of breaks up the Big Twelve as well, which because every night is just an absolute dogfight in that conference. So, yeah, not that it's any easier, but it's it's just kind of something different. Yeah, the only thing is, like the announcer was saying last night on the game, I don't know if you're watching, is they wish they would, you know, every, know everybody's playing, know if you're at home on the or on the road per se. Maybe even not that, because it really doesn't matter. It's not like a football team where you're taking 200 people somewhere. You're taking 30 people, you know, yeah. um, where you set set it up a little bit later. Because there's a, there's a couple games where it, it doesn't look good. I think, you know, like Florida is playing Kansas State. Kansas State's going to be ranked number five in the country, and Florida's not doing very well. You know, obviously on, on paper before the year looks pretty good, but after the season has been going, it, it's different. So it would be nice to maybe – announce it January 1st, you know, and then obviously play it. You're playing it January 26th yeah. or whatever, but I do get logistics a little bit of it and stuff, but, um, and then obviously Kentucky's not as good as they are and they're playing Kansas, but I think that's probably one you want to play anyway. Uh, just two of the biggest blue bloods in the, in the country. Yeah. That'll be a big game. I mean, Kansas is what lost two straight. That could be three. Where's that game? Three, at? three straight. I think it's in Rupp but I'm not hundred percent sure. Well, yeah, that'll be a good one. I just in another thing, I wish the big 12 and I don't, and I'm sure it's every conference would figure out their TV schedule. And you got oh. 
Iowa State and Kansas both ranked what in the top 10, 12, and the game's not on freaking TV. Well, it's it, it, it's absolutely insane, but yet if you look at it from their perspective as ESPN, what is ESPN's job? To make money. That's what they're doing because they're getting people like me. I, I buy ESPN Plus because Iowa State's on it all the time. You I know, got if, it. I mean, if they, they, they have PGA Tour on there a lot. Right, so yeah. Good. So, I mean, I probably would anyway. I'm a big sports fan, but how many Iowa State fans have that just because they know they have to have it to watch Iowa State, both in football and uh, basketball? Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. Now what I do wish they would do better. Um, obviously, I, you know, you wish it was on ESPN or whatever, but I wish the, the broadcast and the, the production value was the same, um, but they don't, that that's the only thing that I wish was a little bit better. Cause you are paying for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, I get it, but it just kind of sucks when you got that big of a, big of a game going and it was a heck of a game. I watched it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's not going to change, and it's probably it's probably even going to go that way even more and more the way as the future holds with you know live streaming and stuff. Actually, the Big Twelve might get a little bit better because Fox is picking up some of their basketball and the new contracts. So because you know, obviously, if Fox has you know Fox FS1, you know the Hawks are on that and stuff. So any talk on Gonzaga anymore coming to the Big Twelve? I I haven't. You know, obviously, you heard those initial reports. but really haven't, you know, if that happens, you, I mean, who do you else do you go get? You go get Villanova or Creighton. I mean, Creighton's in big 12 footprint. So that makes sense. Memphis, Villanova you know, heck of a get though. Huh? Villanova would be a heck of a get. I mean, they're one yeah. of the best programs in the country. If Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. That's for sure. And, and I, it's, you're still waiting for those big four, you know, the, the corner four schools, as they call it, you know, Arizona, Arizona state, uh, Utah and Colorado and, and how, you know, if they would jump ship, I'm sure that's essentially a, your invitation is here. When are you coming? I mean, it has yeah, to be losing USC and UCLA. It's got to make it more enticing to go to the big 12, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think so. Absolutely. So All right, let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back uh, and talk Iowa basketball and then um, high school basketball, kind of your specialty, and and we'll finish up here. Sounds good. Welcome to the Bet Stamp Pick of the Week section. And again, just uh, for those of you that are are new here, just uh, had a new uh, uh, partner in our podcast here. The Bet Stamp Pick of the Week uh, is a new sec- segment here. Uh, download the Bet Stamp app and use the referral code MorganU4. When inside the app, use it to find all the best odds for each game using all the sports books that you have. The app also allows you to enter your bets and track your results. If you'd like to follow me, I will be entering my picks and other bets on the app. So follow CAP CAP3462 to track my bets on the Bet Stamp app. And again, use that uh, referral code MorganU4. So thanks for those of you who are downloading that app and following along. And this week, my my pick last week was the 49ers minus, uh, I think it was 176 is what it was. Um, they did win that. And my pick is also going to be the 49ers again this week. But now their odds are, are much different with being the underdogs here. Uh, bet rivers has the best odds at plus 126 so we're going to get that that's going to be the pick of the week the bet rivers 126 49ers over the eagles 
just give you some other examples here that that wouldn't quite have quite the odds. Bet Fred has uh, plus one twenty five. Caesars has plus plus one twenty two. Points Bet one twenty five and Bet MGM one twenty five as well. So the other apps uh, just you know not quite as good. Um, I am scrolling down here. FanDuel is the same at plus one twenty six. So that's the same. So I guess I'll use FanDuel or Bet Fred for your picks this week. Again, thanks for following along. Thanks for joining us, Bet Stamp, and use that referral code to uh, help the podcast out. All right, welcome back here to the the second half of Morgan Asford podcast. Uh, moving on to the Hawkeyes, um, had one four in a row, then had the the you know postponement of uh, the game against Northwestern. So had a impromptu bye week and then goes to uh, Ohio state and gets uh, pretty much blown out. Um, you can almost see that coming. Ohio state hadn't been playing very good, but the every game had been close a couple heartbreaking fashion and just Iowa ran out of gas a little bit and, and Ohio state, it was as close to a must win in the, the middle of January as it can be. And you can kind of see it coming, I think. Yeah, Iowa, you know, had been playing really good. That by kind of, or that by that Northwestern postponing kind of hurt because we were playing really good at the time. I felt like, you know, we probably would have won that. Um, but like you said, Ohio State had to have that win, and uh, we didn't. I didn't get to watch a lot of it because I was at a tournament. But what I did see, they weren't playing great. Um, it doesn't kill the Hawks. I mean, they can't go on a two or three game losing streak here, but I think they're still in position to uh, make the tournament. But they've got to. Uh, win the games they need to and uh they can't afford to you know lose at home to somebody they shouldn't that's for sure yeah this is a big week they got three games this week now essentially you know this weekend and then tuesday the northwestern makeup and then again next weekend so this is a pr- important three game stretch probably need to go two and one at least yeah i would agree because they've got a couple of them at home uh and uh they yeah they've got to go two and three i or win two out of the three and uh just to keep pace and uh, get to the tournament. That's for sure. Absolutely. And then, you know, just, it seems to be like when I was playing good, their defense is, is average to maybe a little bit above average, but on the games that they don't play well, their defense is, is I'm just going to God awful. I mean, it's, it's bad. And even Fran called him out and Fran doesn't usually call his team out very much, but he called him out a little bit on their, for their defensive effort uh, the other night. Yeah, I mean, they're never going to be an elite defensive team, but they've got to get some stops because offensively they're going to get good looks and uh, offensively they're a very good team. And, you know, they're going to have to work Patrick obviously back into things um, because they were playing good without him and he's back um, and he's a good player. So they got to work him back into the mix again. And uh, they just got to get playing good basketball again because I think they can score with anybody in the country, especially if they're shooting it. It's just going to be a matter, you know, if you're going to score – 85 points is that going to be good enough to beat a Gonzaga or something because they'll probably give up 110 so they've got to get better on the defensive end that's for sure yeah speaking of scoring like 110 after the Iowa State game last night was a Loyola Marymount kind of 30 for 30 or whatever and it just kind of interesting you know they scored 180 points in a game and and people forget that Paul Westhead was the Lakers head coach when they won a a championship with Magic and stuff and and you know and, and he was a Bulls head coach and you know, he kind of rubbed people the wrong way and he's a different cat. And in order to do that kind of stuff, you kind of have to be different and stuff. So that was a good, uh, that was a good time in basketball, obviously with the death, that wasn't good, but 
you know, that team will always be remembered. And they just, they just knocked, they just broke Gonzaga's what home win streak last week. So that's a, that's a heck of a win to go in there for them. That's for sure. Absolutely. Now let's kind of finish up uh, something we don't talk a lot about, but uh, kind of more your expertise, uh, high school basketball. Um, You've been the head girls coach over at Signory for several years, but this year you moved over to the assistant boys. Um, Who's the best team in Southeast Iowa that you've seen? Um, You know, that maybe that you played for sure and that you've kind of heard or seen around who's the best team in Southeast Iowa. Well, you know, one, I mean, obviously one A is kind of where I'm seeing everyone and they're, I don't know. I mean, Waco, Linville, Sully, North Mahaska are all very, very good. Um, I think New London's solid as well. You know, my money would be on Linville, Sully, um, but Waco, I think, is third in the state undefeated. Um, Linville has it all. They just have to it, – it'll be a battle because some of them are going to obviously run into each other. They're not all getting to the state tournament. Um, North Lynn, I think, is 1A. I mean, they're not southeast Iowa, but they're going to draw some of those teams. And, yep. They're probably better than all of them. I mean, I haven't seen them play, but their scores are just ridiculous. Right. And they've been on a on a powerhouse. And then Grandview Christian, obviously, is number one. And uh, they've got the big, what, 6'10 kid. And I'm sure they've added a few new pieces to their puzzle like they do every year. So, you know, on the 1A side, you know, Grandview Christian, Northland are probably the top two in the state. And then, you know, Northwest Iowa has good teams as well. But the best I've seen are Waco, Linville, and uh, – in North Mahaska for sure. Yeah. And you know, it's not surprising with Waco and Linville being very good at football this year too, going a long ways. Um, you know, you get those small schools, they just get a group of athletes that are just better than everybody else. And and as yeah. long as they play multiple sports, it's uh it's really fun during those years. Yeah, they got some elite athletes right now and uh they're they're taking advantage of it in all the sports, that's for sure. All right. And now uh let's talk, you know, Omaha Baloo uh for Waukee, you know, kinda you know, kind of a weird run through through high school for him. Essentially, he's in his fourth place in four years. Um, Dowling as a freshman, Waukee as a sophomore, Academy, whatever, down in Branson last year, and then now back to Waukee this year. Um, his highlights and what he's doing, it shows why he's a top 10 player in the country. Fun to watch. Um, how much better do you think Iowa basketball is today than it even was 15 years ago? I mean, just overall, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's a lot, lot better. And I think football is the same way. Just, just Iowa high school athletes are so much better now. Maybe we're a little behind the times on private coaching and private academies and stuff. Uh, but I think we have caught up and uh, we're as good. I mean, it football has so many more division one recruits and, and basketball has several as, as well. Yeah, we've had, I mean, we've, even in the eighties, we had those elite players, but now we just have so many more of them. I mean, right. The Sanford kid at uh, the other Waukee school, yeah, Northwest, yeah. is extremely good. I mean, there's, I mean, City I has a random Division One center that just moved in. Um, you got another McCaffrey kid at Iowa City West. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy's got a really good player. I mean, I don't. Yeah, they're, Kennedy's they're, Kennedy's ranked number one over Waukee and Northwest. So. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're solid players all over right now. Yeah, and Omaha Blue is obviously the best. I mean, I think as a freshman, he was ranked the number one player in the country. Yeah. Um, he's fallen a little bit, but, um, yeah, just his highlights are insane. And that that's a that's a good get for Iowa State. Their first McDonald's All-American since Pfizer, I saw. So, yep. um, and I, from our chat, I'm pretty sure he grew up in Denison and played junior high basketball in Denison, then moved to Dowling. 
as a freshman. So he's been all over the state. I mean, he, yeah. he would have really dominated in Denison if he just stuck it out there. Oh yeah. It'd be, you know, he'd probably be at Carroll Kemper, but that's true. But you know, he, <laughs> He's a freak. That's for sure. He's one of the best we've seen. So yeah. Um, and then you look at like Lipsy last year, you know, Gatorade player of the year and what he's doing for Iowa state, you know, the McCaffrey boys that are at Iowa, you know, obviously, you know, the best thing that Fran's done to help his career is just have a whole bunch of kids that are really freaking good. <laughs> and it, I think it started to turn a lot with Lindmar. I mean, when Lindmar yeah. got good, they started having the yeah. Bohannons and then Marcus Page came yeah. and then Ames was loaded. And then right. I think these younger kids saw that. And then they started, you know, when, when I grew up, it was basically Martin's brothers was your AAU yeah. team. Now yep. you've got three or four elite ones that are, you know, covered with division one, division two players. And, uh, well, and then know, Lipsy, you know, all Iowa tax right there out of Ames, but Lipsy went up to Minneapolis and did, and played with it, played his. So he didn't even do that. He went up. Now there's some connection there. Kind of an interesting thing there. Trey Lance and Taman Lipsy grew up together. Their dads played college football together at uh, Southwest Minnesota state. And, you know, Trey Lance stayed there and, and grew up in Southwest Minnesota and then went to North Dakota State and played. And then, obviously, somehow, I think I would assume Lipsy's worked for Iowa State somewhere, um, his parents, but I don't know that. And, uh, yeah, but uh, they put a Lipsy uh, shirt out, and they said that Trey Lance bought two of them. And so they looked into it, and their dads are like best friends. They kind of grew up together. That's cool. Yeah, he. I mean, he's 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 done a lot for Iowa State. He's a heck of a player as well, so – yeah, the state's looking promising and that, you know, we basically just talked 4A and there's some, there's some really good players and, you know, 3A, 2A and, and some of them are just elite football players that, you know, yeah. dominate on the basketball court as well. Right. And, and that's, that's what you don't like, you know, you look at like a Caden Proctor or well, JJ Cole at Iowa state. I think he played basketball. He's six, six or everybody's not playing now. Cause he's at Iowa state. Caden Proctor left to go to Alabama. These football players, are, are leaving to go to the colleges early uh, to get that extra year in the weight room and and they're not playing those spring sports. And, and sometimes that's hard. Yeah. That hurts, especially if you're a coach and you got to lose one, but you know, ultimately they're, they're trying to set themselves up to probably yeah. go to the NFL or whatever. So well, they, and their, their money's getting, you know, they're essentially getting paid to play football. Now it's not fun basketball time or whatever. So I get uh, it. All right. And then kind of last thing I want to talk about here. Um, the football reclassification uh, with the, the socioeconomic status factored into schools. Um, we've talked about this. It is not going to have the effect that people think it's going to have. I I, tr I think less than 10% of the schools are going to move and probably only a handful of schools that matter are going to move up or down. And, yeah. I mean, am I, am I wrong in that? I, yeah. I don't know the numbers for, sure. I, I, I think it's a good start, but it's not gonna, it's not fixing you know, your bigger Des Moines schools that are st still stuck. I mean, those schools with huge populations, Ottumwa type schools where they're just, it, it, I don't know. It's a start. That's all I'm going to say. They, they've got to do more to even it out. I mean, and I don't know what, it, what are they trying to even out the regular season? Is that what we're trying to get where you're playing more competitive games in the regular season? Or, I mean, you're still not going to get these bigger schools that struggle to ever make deep postseason runs. Right, exactly. I think it, it's, and and I think they have actually done a better job. Like Atumwa, 
isn't playing the walkies and centennials and stuff anymore. And even in basketball, they're not now with our new conference. So it, it's been much better. Um, and then one other thing I want to hit on is I almost think even more than football, the biggest discrepancy in high school sports is girls basketball. Um, if, if Johnston played Des Moines East, Johnston could score 200 points against them if they wanted to. And I don't know how many East would score. Um, you know, East lost to Urbandale 84 to nothing. Johnston beat Urbandale by 50. Yeah. And it wasn't long ago. East was winning. East, state titles. And, and, and that's, that's the hard part about all this is, okay. So you, you move East down to three a or two a whatever, and then they get those kids again and they win, you know, and I don't know. And and that's the hard part about it. Cause yeah, again, I don't know. Was it 10 years ago? They were won a state championship. Maybe not even that long ago. Uh, I mean, right now you could move East down to class one a, and they're still getting drilled. I mean, it's right. I think they're ranked the third worst by BC Moore. And there's, there's one bluegrass team and then like Cedar Valley Christian and then yeah. Des Moines East. So like and diagonal. Yeah, Hoover's right there. Hoover's not much better. Uh, Diagonal is better than them, and Diagonal has like eight kids in a class. Diagonal would destroy them East in basketball. But in another, like they want to talk like if you win, a, I don't know, if you're winning a state title, then you got to play up or something. I don't really agree with that either, because what if you have five seniors? Yeah, exactly. State title. Oh, oh, I got to go up, and you have nobody. So that's never going to work. I, I I don't know. I mean, I think the only true thing is you don't even mess with it. You you mess with the parochial schools and you double their population. But well, that's a whole know. that's a whole nother argument right now in the state of Iowa. Is, yeah, is and what's going to happen with that? And I don't. I'm just going to say public money should not go to private schools. But other than that, I I don't know what to do with that. So yeah, that's I don't know. It'll be interesting here. I also think that's not going to change a whole lot either because. Let's just use round numbers. They're given seventy two hundred dollars every kid. Well, Dowling costs twelve thousand dollars. Those kids aren't coming up with five grand, so they're not going there. It's What's just it? it's just giving the money to people already paying it. So if they're an elite athlete, they'll get them a scholarship or something to cover yeah. the other five. But they would have done that anyways for That's twelve. So. Yeah, they were already doing that. So <laughs> yeah, I agree. So yeah, I don't I don't know, but. uh well, I know you got to get back to class here. We are here in the afternoon here, and uh, thanks for doing this. I'm on a snow day, and so I don't know why it really isn't. I haven't been out on the roads, but uh, it didn't seem it wasn't even that cold out. I went out and just shoveled the driveway and stuff. But uh, um, I don't make those decisions, and I'm glad I don't make those decisions. Let's put it that way. Yeah. No, we had a two hour delay, which was nice, but we're back in school, so um, I didn't think it was bad at all. But maybe it's the the gravel roads or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks a lot. And uh, we'll talk to you later, Zach. All right. We'll see you later. If you want the new Morgan, you asked for koozie delivered to your mailbox, please give us a five-star rating and review on your podcast player. Screenshot the picture of it and email it to me. The email address is Morgan. You asked for podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.